gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Congratulations to all the Husker fans out there. You are one game away from kickoff. It's finally about to be here. I feel like it's the offseason all over again, a bye week. Man, it's just been too long since we've seen some Husker football, even longer since we've had an impressive victory. And I think if Nebraska beats with Indiana, 3-1 Indiana, I think I would count that as an impressive victory. Now, it's not program changing or anything, but it gets Nebraska back on the right track. And so maybe it is. I mean, actually, when you think about it, could be program changing. You don't want Nebraska um, to kind of limp through this season and uh, and then just hand over the reins to the next coach uh, in a very bad state. You need to get some momentum going, whether it's going to be Mickey carrying this team forward after this season or somebody else. Much better to hand over the reins to the to the next coaching staff with a little bit of momentum and a little bit of excitement. So we'll see what can get going. And and we've talked about it this week. It's this week feels it kind of has that heaviness upon it because it's it's uh, probably among your most winning winnable games down the stretch here is is probably going to be Indiana and Rutgers. So there is there is a lot the. Kind of a big feeling for this game, and and if Nebraska loses, I'm going to be quite frank to Indiana. Uh, well, one, you worry about the sellout streak, but two, you just worry about Husker fans starting uh, moseying on and looking around at different things to do because one and three is rough, but one and four, um, one of the more winnable games would, would really be stuff. Do you, do you feel Rico? Do you feel it has that kind of uh, intensity to it? This one, I mean, if because uh, I, I was saying, it, I was saying it'd be a great win. It wouldn't be a program changing win, but when uh-huh. you actually think about it, it could be somewhat program changing to get some momentum going here. Something like that. It could it could flip things around for this Nebraska football team because right now they're not in the greatest of spots, as you've seen with the first four games. Um, I mean, you you lost your head. Coach coach you're you're one in three you're zero and one in the conference and you know many people are saying oh well you're only zero and one in the conference it gives you a chance but really despite being zero and one in the conference you you need you, you need this one whether it be a conference win or not just to kind of right the ship of sorts because right now with the trajectory that this football team has it's not not in a good place and it's not headed in a good in a good place from the outside from the inside i i don't know it could be headed in the right direction you know if we if if i could see practice and you know talk to the players and all and you know some of the assistant coaches talk to mickey and whatever they seem like they're in high spirits from the thing from the the instances that people have been able to talk to them and that we've heard of but from the outside looking in it's it's not the greatest of situations yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, by the way, Good Sense Friday here at the Ticket. So thanks to Good Sense. Join us. Get some Good Sense on your for yourself today at uh, with some Good Sense Friday. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and and also do something we like to do on Fridays, which is talk to Brian Munson of Husker Online and on Three. Brian, I bring you in here. I kind of want to want to start with the same type of question because I just I kind of stumbled into it by saying uh, that this is not necessarily a program defining win. And, and while I still wouldn't say defining, it feels like there might be some weight to this to this as far as kind of the big picture stuff is, uh, is is to give Mickey a realistic chance. I think he's going to have to get a win this weekend. I don't disagree. I mean, it's 
<clears throat> it's that game that you kind of in, in good afternoon guys by the way Hi. um yeah. uh, i i do want to kind of say that i mean it was it was that game that i kind of pointed to even like after you if you were to lose to oklahoma like before the season even started the way that the kind of season set up you had that you had that buy after oklahoma and then you really needed to kind of get things back together. And this was, you know, before Scott Frost was getting fired and Mickey Joseph was your head coach and everything else was just kind of looking at the season as a whole. But you kind of had to circle this week and you said, you're getting ready now for eight games, eight games basically in nine weeks. And these are all big 10 contests. So we, we, you, you, everybody knows these are going to, these are going to have some, some physical playing teams they, they may not be teams like indiana is not the same indiana team we've seen in the last couple three years um you know purdue kind of the same thing right purdue is is kind of peaked and, and now they're in this valley and 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 i think that indiana is kind of there too but th- that doesn't mean they're not going to go out there and hit you in the mouth this it's it's going to be big 10 football and this is the part here where it's like you circle this indiana game because it's like you want to start this next stretch of eight games with a win so you can kind of get that wind, you know, that, that lift under your wing a little bit and kind of get ready to kind of go through the next two months of playing these teams because none of them are going to be necessarily easy. They're, they're, they're going to require you to kind of dig deep and you might have to scratch and claw to kind of get a cup, you know, get a couple games, but there are some games in here that are very, very winnable. And I think that we would agree that Indiana could be one of those games. Now, Brian, going into the bye week, I was one of the people that was saying I, I was expecting lots of changes in the depth chart and maybe people to to take starting positions and, and a lot of things to switch up. And then it came out you know, earlier this week when we got the depth chart that there wasn't really any changes to any starters, but there were some changes in, in the backups. You know, Ernest Hausman no longer on the linebacker, uh, no longer yeah. listed on, on the linebacker depth chart. Um, um, oh my goodness, uh, Malcolm Hartsog making an appearance on the depth chart at corner, uh, a couple other safeties making their appearances, and, and um, Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin having an or next to their names as the second running back on the depth chart. What, what, would it, what is your take, and what is the biggest, I guess, surprise or, or the, the thing you're the most interested in, in in the subtle changes on the depth chart? Um, well, I think that there are those little movements that are, that are happening in the, in the background. Uh, you know, I, I feel like people, you know, wanted to see a little bit more broad sweeping things. And you're really not going to do anything except, you know, kind of have this chaotic kind of thing from week to week. You know, you don't when you go out there and you kind of set out, even if it's like we are not getting even close to the results that we want. We make wholesale changes. If you if you make those wholesale changes and you still don't have the results that you that you wanted, how do you go back and draw a basis about where you made the wrong decision on the changes that you made? You've got to you've got to tweak a couple of dials. You have to tweak and, and figure out what things are kind of working and what things aren't. And I'm sure that Nebraska kind of knows that kind of going into this thing, and they don't want to go out there and say like, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna bring these guys along and we're gonna have a chance to kind of pull some guys in." <clears throat> I did I did think I did think that we might see a starter or two displaced, but I, I think at least what you do is you're you're getting a chance to eval the guys that are behind them. That was something that Mickey Joseph had said uh, in the press conference, I think last week, where he said he wanted to get a look at some of the younger guys because there was no film on those guys. And I think that you're, you're kind of coming into this, it's kind of a two-prong situation. You've got the rest of the season to play. You have eight games that are still left to play. They're all Big Ten contests. And then you have this 
this job of kind of roster retention that is in front of you, that you have to kind of figure out who are the guys that are going to continue to play a role here in Nebraska or who are the guys that could potentially come to me and talk to me about going into the portal transfer that, you know, that maybe necessarily it, it's a good thing for us to kind of part ways at this point because they want to go ahead and, and make a decision to get out of here. And, and we don't feel like it's in the, it should be in their best interest to stay because we don't see a real role for them. So I think that there's some, there's a lot of valuation that has to happen for those two different reasons. You know, I, I did think Deshaun Singleton popped up someplace, I think on the depth chart too i thought yeah. but yep. that's a guy that's a guy that i was i was always been really interested in taking a look at because he's he was a player that moved around quite a bit if i remember he was from hutchinson and i think that his film kind of had him moving around from place to place to place he was originally from louisiana and he even he's a very versatile guy in at, at both the second level and the third level in a defense so he was always one guy that i felt like if Nebraska didn't get a chance to look at him, you know, when it comes to the fall, they're, they're missing a great opportunity because I felt like he was a tremendous athlete. He's just a guy that has to kind of get some, get some reps and, and kind of get the speed of the game thing down and, and get going on stuff. But I, I think that they'll start to introduce those guys slowly, but surely and see what they can kind of do. A lot of that thing comes down to chemistry too, guys, and how well you can gel and you don't want to just throw four guys out there that are brand new and see if the chemistry works, you're going to have to have an understanding a little bit of that from practice and then see a little bit of it from a game and then be able to kind of move back to where you were at before if you don't have the right chemistry. We're speaking with Brian Munson of On3, Husker Online. Brian, uh, another guy that I'm kind of interested in, he's, he's at his third position now since coming to Nebraska, Omar Brown, who started off at corner, moved to safety, and now he's the backup at the nickel spot. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Omar Brown? Well, Nebraska definitely needs help at the nickel spot. Um <laughs> If if he if that's an opportunity for him and he can play the position well, he has a real chance to shine. Um, I, I I liked what I saw from him at U and I, and you wonder, you know, obviously from having the injury and, and missing some time, you know, where he's at health wise is it, is it truly at a hundred percent or is there still some lingering effects of what's kind of going? It was a back is a back injury, right? Is that what I remember? I believe so. Yeah, and, and backs are tough. I mean, I don't know the extent of it, um, but I've had plenty of them, and that's 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 a tough injury to get around, and they and they are nagging in a lot of different a lot of different ways and, and cases. But it's going to be interesting to see in the limited amount of time that he's had a chance to like practice and get it on the field. As long as his conditioning is there, and they feel like he's still you know at that higher level and could be a could be an improvement, you know, for what they were seeing at the nickel spot. I, I think Nebraska has to welcome that because they are that's a spot right there that I just feel like there has been uh, not really a person that could step up and play that role. It's a very complicated role. It's, it just, you don't know what your, what your matchup is going to be. Um, there's, there's this, there's the, the quicker guys, the smaller, quicker guys. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, over some ginormous slot guy, you know, looking at an Omar Manning, potentially looking across the line from you and physically is dominant, but you know Brown has got has got both some you know both some size and some speed, uh, athletic guy, and he's got you know some FCS experience. So uh, going to be very interesting to see what he can do when it goes to putting him out there on the football field. 
Well, and it's interesting, too, because the other moving piece in that is Chris Kolarovich moving from that nickel spot, maybe rather ineffective there, and then moving back to inside linebacker after all offseason, working to lose weight and get you know get into that position. Do you think that that's more because of the ineffectiveness of, of him playing nickel, or do you think that they need help at the inside linebacker? Because that's another spot. I mean, every, every position on defense feels like it probably should be up for grabs because nobody's played spectacularly or you know in, in totality as a group. Yeah, I'd say it's more on the first part and, and, and less on the second, although I think that there is a little bit on the second. So I think that it's more that he's a he's a better fit for Mike, number one. He was a heck of a player at UNI. I mean, we're talking both about northern, the northern, Illinois, yeah. uh, northern Iowa transfers, I guess I should say. Um, and uh, he's a guy that was a little bit out of place, a little bit out of position, didn't really have that that um, Jojo Doman, you know, type of uh, skill set. And, and honestly, very few do. Um, that guy was a very rare breed. That's a very complicated position to having to uh, have the ability to pin your ears back and rush the quarterback to playing in zone, to playing on man, or coming down and stuffing the run. That is a very, very complicated position. And you have to have just this, this breadth of, of skill set when it comes to doing that. Um, so that, that's, that's a spot where you're better off being a little over athletic and giving up some physical ability. And you had just the opposite of that with Chris. Um, so you're better off, you know, and, and obviously we know inside linebackers hurting. Um, so you, when you move Chris back over to there, you think you're going to get at least some added juice, you know, for bringing a guy back over there. He played, he played amazingly at U and I. He had a heck of a career up to that point where he decided to go ahead and leave. Um, and, and you just hope now, to 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 Rico's point, I think is who has said it that he you know, he he dropped that weight and tried to get back into more of a nickel type of body, you know, uh, body conditioning and body size. And you hope that he can kind of add some pounds back now a little bit and not get too crazy or carried away and. Be uh, and have some impact and add some value at the inside linebacker position, like what he, like where he probably should have been and had stayed. Well, it's interesting. It's just you know all these moves. Mickey Joseph, obviously the change at defensive coordinator this week. They're trying to press all these different buttons. Uh, do you do you kind of feel more now that you're you know getting getting into your fifth game? Do you feel more along the lines that? You know, this might be kind of who the team is, what we've seen so far. Or do you think, you know, we watched football seasons in the past. Teams have made miraculous, you know, ups and downs or, or at least improvements throughout the seasons. Which which side do you think, uh, you know, we are with this Nebraska football team at, at this point? I think this weekend is going to tell us a lot. Um, I don't think you could make a whole heck of a lot out of the OU weekend. I think there were too many things that were just stacked against you. That's a, that's a very talented team, despite the fact that they lost to Kansas State last weekend. They were infinitely more talented, I think, than, than what Nebraska had. Uh, I think Nebraska was kind of in that middle of all the changes that were kind of just, you know, kind of just taking place and were set to take place. And I think that you had that added kind of dimension, too, where, you know, once you got past the script and, and, and Coach Whip is on the sideline, you know, and, and after the time he had missed last week from being at practices, you, you kind of had this this gap from where there was an understanding about how the game planning took place during the week to all of a sudden holding the clipboard and calling the plays in the game on Saturday and, and then just going three and out. I mean, how many scoreless possessions did they have? I mean, they just went back to back to back. It seemed 
Um, so there was a real disjointedness about multiple things that happened last week. So if you feel like you had that good week of work, you know, the couple, three days that you were there doing it last week before the bye, uh, and then you got back to work again this week and you feel like you're rejuvenated, you, you, you forgot about 49-14 or whatever it was against OU, and you're, and you're continuing to, to shelter out and, and, and push back on, on the kind of uh, things that are out there that are, that are not great stories about, like, Georgia Southern losing and Northwestern losing and transitive property type of stuff and trying to figure out like, you know, where this Nebraska team is really at competitively. If you can just get back to playing your game and block out the noise, there's still plenty of things to play for here. And it's not like this team is, is devoid of of talent. They have talent. You just have to put them in the right scenarios and the right situation. And they have, I think a good enough offense you know, to go out there and get you 27-plus, you know, a game, you just need to find a defense that can hold them to less than 28, and that's been a problem. That's really been the problem. You need to go out there and find some guys that can lock it down a little bit and keep those guys to less than four touchdowns, and I think then you can kind of start to split some games with a few teams, but there are some really rough games on your schedule as you kind of look forward. I don't know about Bach, but I, I, I'm done talking about the current team. I want to talk about the future team, what Mickey Joseph and this squad did in the, in the bye week and uh, going around to different schools, going around to a whole bunch of different games, and uh, maybe maybe the visitor list of the, of the guys that are coming to this next night game. Can you can you give us some intel on not only yeah. some of the guys that got some offers uh, from the from the coaching staff this bye week, and, but uh, some of the guys that might be making their way to Lincoln for uh, Saturday's matchup? Sure. I mean, this is kind of a landmark weekend because uh, Mickey Joseph will be bringing in his first official visitor, uh, you know, with him as the head coach. Mm. Uh, Arnold Barnes, who is a running back from Booker T. Washington down in New Orleans, uh, he will be coming in. He's a two-lane commit, which I think will catch some people off guard, but don't judge him. Don't judge based on that. That kid is a ball player, 5'9", 225, kind of a bowling ball kind of guy. When he squares his shoulder pads in the line of scrimmage, though, you don't want to be in front of this guy. He he gets low and he hits hard. And um, Nebraska offered him after like almost a, a nearly 400-yard rushing night, and he scored six touchdowns. Mm. Uh, and he's had some other big, big nights, too, to kind of go along with that. So um, he will be in as an official visitor. He looks like he is the top running back choice now for the 2023 class. I think Nebraska's kind of moved on from Sergio Snyder from Arlington Martin. So pay close attention to what kind of happens there with, with Arnold Barnes. An interesting one, Benny Ngoi. Benny Ngoi will be in there this weekend, committed to Iowa State, out of Lincoln High, you know, 6'4", 190, athlete. I'm going to say athlete, even though, I, you know, I think he can I think he'd be a great wide receiver. I think he can play in the secondary. He's the kind of guy I think that Nebraska and, and previous coaching staffs, and I think Mickey Joseph is, is going to be this way, is going to understand that you don't, let guys like this lead the state. Uh, even if you are t- getting Coleman and you're getting Nagoe and you're getting Jaden Doss, Amari Miller, and whatever, you still take a main Nagoe and you, you figure out a place for him because he is that talented. He's just, that's a very unique individual when it comes to the explosiveness, explosiveness, the athleticism, etc. that he has. I, I think Nebraska, I think things are, firming up there. I'll be very interested to catch up with with Benny on Saturday night to kind of see how things were going. Um, a non-offered recruit coming in this weekend, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver, Nashville, McGavick High School, has offers from Kentucky, Michigan State, Vanderbilt, Alabama, Georgia. 
it wouldn't surprise me, number one, that if he gets an offer. There's some things happening out there within the 2023 class that are a little bit concerning at the running that position. Again, probably lends itself to Nagoe coming in this weekend. You have Malachi Coleman taking an official visit to Miami, number one. That's kind of like off the radar, all of a sudden, taking this official visit. Very surprising. And then you had Jaden Doss, who has kind of gone radio silent since Scott Frost got, got fired, and then all of a sudden publicized an Indiana offer this last week. So that would be a huge blow to the class because I think Jaden Doss, uh, even if Malachi Coleman decided he wanted to be a Cornhusker, I think Jaden Doss is going to be that guy that, that everybody looks at each other next year and says, oh my gosh, this guy is going to make a world of difference for Nebraska because he's going to do it for you both on offense and on special teams. Um, so that's, those are really the guys that, you know, that I wanted to kind of mention. There's some 2024 guys that are coming in, including Caleb Pyfram, that, that is the brand new offensive tackle offer from, from Omaha Central. Carter Nelson's coming back. You get, uh, Marquise Buford's little brother, Mario, he'll be in town. Uh, then you get a group of guys from Tennessee and a couple guys that just picked up offers from Michigan. Um, and then kind of to, to recap last week a little bit, you had Nebraska coaches everywhere. They were across from te- Texas to Florida. You had guys in Kansas City. Uh, you guys had you had guys in, in Colorado. Um, so Nebraska coaches basically got out and saw all of their commitments except for three guys. There's only three guys left in the class that have not seen them. One of those guys sees the Nebraska coaching staff tonight, or maybe he did last night. You know, I think I think Scott's book plays way early tonight, so I think that's the game that, that Nebraska will be out to see Brock Knutson. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on and the staff continues to recruit and they're recruiting, you know, very well. And they're being very well received talking to some of these guys that just picked up offers. They really enjoy talking to guys like head coach, Mickey Joseph and, and Brian Applewhite. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a fun time just to follow recruiting, um, just because of what it's all going on. But it, it's, if, if they, if they fall short, it's not going to be through the effort of this recruiting class. Thank you again, Brian Munson for joining us, uh, every week, uh, on a Friday real quickly. Uh, I know we've taken a lot of your times, but, uh, what, what do you see as, as the outcome here Saturday? What's your prediction? I think Nebraska gets this one together, guys. Um, did want to kid myself last or two weeks ago with Oklahoma. I do think Nebraska gets it together this week. Tight one, you're not going to like it again, 28-21, but Nebraska gets a win on this week, on this Saturday. Yeah, at right. this point, we'll take a W. Yeah. Uh, thanks once again, Brian Munson of Husker Online. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson of Husker Online, a great guest. Every Friday we can get all the insight uh, for not just this team, but the future team, the future of Husker football. We'll take a quick break. When we come back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, we'll do our other Friday tradition, look at ticket pricing across the land. How does Nebraska compare to the top games across the nation? We'll do that coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler at 93.7 The Ticket.